dark save for light being cast from the big tv screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning hey george hey lions how goes it it's good man it's it's really good because i have this music in my head like all the time anyway and now that we <laughs> played the game for a couple weeks I feel a little bit less crazy because I've like topped off my excuse for having mm-hmm. this music in my head. So like it's brought me back down to earth a little bit. Yeah. So, so now for at least the next few weeks, you're like, oh, well, I just, I just played this game. Yeah, so that's why I got it. it in my head. Yeah. And then eventually it's going to be one of those things where, you know, the excuse starts to wear thin. We're just like, oh man, I, I really don't want to go. Uh, I really don't want to go, you know, to this restaurant. I, I had a bad experience. That was 15 years ago. So <laughs> it's not even an Italian place anymore. It's a Chinese food restaurant. <laughs> exactly. So uh, we played Yoshi's Island, which uh, I, I got to ask you before we get into anything significant. I kind of w- want to know, do you at any point in your childhood or at now in your adulthood remember ever thinking of this game as Super Mario World 2 colon Yoshi's Island because that is technically its full name and I refuse to call it that. I know it was just <laughs> Yoshi's Island. Oh, have you played Yoshi's, Yoshi, Yoshi's Island? Yes, I have. Have you? Oh, absolutely. And then we would talk about Yoshi's Island. And it was funny because when I think when we were discussing doing this one, you know, uh, I said like, oh, well, why don't we play Yoshi's Island? And it wasn't, I, I actually, <laughs> you were like, yeah, sure. And then, you know, when I went to, you know, like, find you know find it i you know like uh, the game our games are out or i have alphabetized my games right and so um i went to the wise and right where it, and it should be there <laughs> and, and i was like wait and then i actually you know you, you, when you look at the cartridge right it says you know super mario world it does say it like that the words are there but yeah. but it's it's kind of like Super Mario Brothers 2. Yoshi's Island! <laughs> you know, so, yeah, it's it's Yoshi's Island. It, that yeah. just is what it is. And, and I feel like, uh, I swear that I've seen it both ways, where it's, like, uh, you know, first name, comma, la- or last name, comma, first name, first name, last name, where mm-hmm. I've seen Super Mario World 2, colon, Yoshi's Island, and also Yoshi's Island, comma, Super Mario World 2, which from you know having worked in blockbuster for a lot of years the idea of like oh this is non-standardized and the way you screw with it completely changes where you would alphabetize it and it's like let's just let's just not pretend this is a sequel to <laughs> super mario world y'all cuz it's not if yeah. anything it's a prequel and also it's not that it's just another game and it's a game called yoshi's island right exactly it's i mean because yoshi's island sells what the experience is about i mean realistically if you were alphabetizing this at you know blockbuster right the idea would be put it under y for yoshi's island and then put a single row in the s's saying <laughs> go to y's for yoshi's <laughs> island it's, it's it's over there it's not it's not it's not where you think it is you know like if if you if you're the one who's the the li- linguistic purist saying, "Well, you know, it's actually super." Much- sh- shut up! You're yeah. you're you're dumb. You're bad. And you should feel bad. Well, and and there's even like 
I, I fall in both of these camps when it suits me best. Like I was just talking to somebody about Star Wars and they were asserting like, oh, well, you know, there was this grand story and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, 1977 when, when A New Hope came out and I went, actually in 1977, Star Wars came out. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't A New Hope until later when they decided because it was successful that they were going to keep making movies. And the, and the guy I was talking to was kind of like, oh, crap, you're right. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I know. Sometimes being a pedant lets you win the argument, but I'm pretty sure I just damaged our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what? You didn't like that guy, so win-win. You know, you, <laughs> you, you, you walked out less close to him and, uh, and yeah. also right. So, or was it, it bureaucrat Conrad? You are technically correct. Best kind of correct. <laughs> But yes, no, we played uh, Super Mario uh, Brothers to Yoshi's Island for the S the SNES. Yes, the the Super NES, um, <laughs> which I have to say, I, I noticed because I, I know we want to talk about visuals first. And I think this game is really beautiful and, and we'll gush about it in a minute. But the minute I fired this up, I had that realization that this was an end of console era game. Because you can look at a game like the original Crash Bandicoot on the PlayStation and go, oh my God, (laughs) like video games used to look like that. And then you look at a game like Final Fantasy IX or Final Fantasy VIII that came out like way closer to the end of, or Final Fantasy Tactics, like that came out way closer to the end of the the PS1's life cycle. And you're like, yeah, PlayStation 1 games looked awesome. But like with this, it's the reason it was problematic is because not only is it near the end of the Super Nintendo's life cycle, but that was also near the end of the 2D life cycle when we were mm. trying to like go into 3D. So there's a bunch of places in this game that are like, what if we just shoehorned random 3D in here? Right? Yeah, no, I, I noticed that at one point where, yeah, uh, it was, I think it's in one of the dungeons where it first comes up. But you just start running, and as opposed to being in a flat 2D, it's the ground is tilted, so that way you know you're in like this false 3d but you you have no like no z axis nope. yeah there is no z <laughs> there's no reason for that illusion you know like there's no moving up or down you know closer or further away in the screen so i was like well why and it was very stark in my opinion because you know all of a sudden there was this new axis and i was like oh wow am i gonna have to deal with this it's like no just no for some reason, we basically changed the angle of the camera for this for funsies. Yeah, that, well, and, that is and all. Even right in the opening, uh, when is it? Is it Kemek, the wizard guy? Oh, I, <laughs> I just called him wizard guy. Wizard guy. When uh, there's a shot where he flies from like kind of opposite the screen, like toward the screen like past the camera so he is he is going from left to right as well as like toward you along the z-axis and it's everything else is pixel art and then there's just this and you can tell not just because it moves very differently than the way the pixel art moves but all the textures like their shading is different and everything so they look like stickers like against the background of pixel art it's it's very, and I mean, it's it's not used overly. There's a few places in the game where there's like the walls that fall or like the thing spins. So if you stand on it, you'll eventually spin and fall off of it toward the camera. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not overwhelming. It's not completely immersion breaking, but it does 
tell you like, oh, this was one of the last games to hit the Super Nintendo before they went to the N64. And I actually did do, I, I know it's hard to believe, I actually checked those numbers. And <laughs> <laughs> it turns out this came out in 1995 and the N64 came out in 1996. Right. And, and back in that era, if memory serves is, you know, because I remember, you know, when Mario 64 and, you know, Ocarina of Time, perhaps the best game ever made. No, mm -hmm. actually, it, 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 in my opinion, hasn't aged just super well. Taking notes to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, is that back during the, those days, it was 3D was better than 2D every time. You know, like yeah, it was just yeah, it was like if we can give you a Z axis, doesn't matter how, what it looks like, doesn't matter how pointy people's faces are. And right. in Final Fantasy seven, his hands look like giant cow hooves. <laughs> yeah, actually. Uh, and, and, and his shoulders look like he is just jacked, you know, with with these. But then like really thin arms, like he always does shoulder day. Yeah. But Sh shoulders never... and forearms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shoulders, forearms and like. If I remember correctly, calves. Yeah, right? yeah. He actually, uh, Cloud Strife was probably the closest to uh, the negative body image that like Barbie enforced. Like the imp <laughs> like no one's shoulder to waist ratio. No, <laughs> no one could have that. Just like no, like I think the original Barbie or the one that was popular in like the eighties, her ankles were so thin and her breasts were so large that she wouldn't be able to walk. Oh, yeah, and I definitely know that uh, for the Barbie at one point they said that she just – her waist was so small that it just – she simply could not exist. You yeah. know, that there's hey, – but where does your food go? You know, like, <laughs> not in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so that, that's, that's what we were dealing with with early 3D. Like it doesn't matter how impossible it is. Make it 3D. Right, exactly. And I think that now that we kind of – to a degree have gotten away from that is now a game when they're making it they say like well does the, does being in three dimensions service the gameplay you know uh for instance like super meat boy just straight up 2d game you know um retro it, indie platformer is the name of that genre <laughs> <laughs> can we can we get some more words in there i don't think that there's <laughs> i mean to, to be fair it does exactly what it says on the tin right like <laughs> yeah no it totally is but and 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 they, they you know make some smart choices with that game but but yeah but the the idea that you know you can have a two-dimensional game and that would be superior to if you tried to make super meat boy three dimensions it would fall apart or for a perfect example sornic the hedgehog you know <laughs> that uh <laughs> That just completely falls apart like a it, it deflates like a flan in a cupboard. If you just you know, it's just a mess. So, uh, so yeah. So it was <laughs> it was definitely a little bit jarring to see needless 3D thrown in because you know nowadays you'd be like, why would you ever why would you ever do that? That but at that point it was just because 3D is better than 2D every time, you know. Yeah, and and it was. I feel like we still have the arms race of like PC master race. Our graphics are always better, but we've gotten to a point where someone who has like an Xbox one S X one, one S one, whatever the newest one is called. <laughs> and like the, the PS four pro plus 2000 or whatever the hell that one's called. And then a PC gamer, they're arguing over like the fidelity of individual pores on 
like the guy's nose in Call of Bro Duty Shooter 8000. I'm like, I don't care about that. But right. when you're talking about something as dramatic as do we add an entire additional axis to the game, which will completely change everything. Right. That That's no, a it's... very different conversation. And, and I mean, that's the conversation we were having in the mid 90s. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and and the interesting thing, I think, uh, to kind of I, I just thought of that, but that would put it in, into perspective. It's like, oh, well, you know. Playing a three-dimensional game, it can't be that hard, right? To create, you know, just that you make it 3D. You know, it was 2D, make it 3D. It's like, okay, well, let's let's take that logic to its its clear conclusion. Let's make a four-dimensional game where you have to play it <laughs> as you have already played it and will already play it. You know, like you have to be aware of both both realities, and then those realities impact your existing point in time. It's like what. That sounds insane. Exactly, adding dimensions all willy nilly can get out of hand. Part of me wants to refute that all dimensions would be like a linear growth curve. <laughs> so, so like like adding time is the same complexity as adding a z-axis. Um, yeah, part of me wants to be like, no, obviously that's hyperbolic. But no, I like the idea of, well, the fifth dimension is just one degree harder than adding time as a dimension. Yeah, now all you have to do is just come up, remember to keep track of all other alternate realities in which you are playing this game and how they can impact your existing reality. It's like, hey man, let's keep it going. Just throw in a sixth. It's a fire sale on dimensions. All dimensions must go. You sound like the professor explaining how the Planet Express ship flies to his clone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just move the universe around it. It's it's, it's easy. But uh but aside from the occasional times when they just threw in 3D for funsies, um, the visuals are just stunning. You know, oh, they're, they're they're so good. And I didn't realize that the the like crafty, I, I think the like crafty hand drawn everything's made out of crayons kind of art style that newer Yoshi games utilize. I think this may be the game that started in because Yoshi had some Nintendo games, but they were all like dumb puzzle games. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm confident that this. Uh, I'm, in fact, I'm so confident that the minute that we're done, I'm going to go research it, <laughs> <laughs> and we can amend this because we will absolutely follow up on that. Yeah, yeah. Look but, in the show notes for all that documentation. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, I, I think that uh, I, I'm confident that if if it didn't pioneer it, it was certainly the one that uh, that is the most remembered. You know. Yeah, it, it cemented it. Correct. Um, and, and in my own headcanon, because, uh, you know, first of all, I, I just I think that it's, it's great. I think it goes with the aesthetic of the game. But in my mind, it's because that's the way Yoshi's see the world. Like, it's the exact same world <laughs> as Super Mario's. It's just that's the way their mind processes it. You know, did you watch uh, Rugrats when you were a kid? Yes. Love that show. OK. Do you remember that occasionally there would be like them telling stories to one another about a thing that happened. And then it would be in this like super baby crayon hand-drawn style. And during the credits, they would always have to explicitly thank the artists who could do good art, but that looked like it was done by a four-year-old. <laughs> and and I can't remember like all the ridiculous plots that led to them going into that art style, but that's so like our Yoshi's like, are they simpletons and the, and so they're they're seeing the world the way humans would see the world, but it's all like childish. Or is it just that like they have some weird 
set of sensors. I mean, they do stick their tongues out a lot. Are they like snakes that that's like part of how they sense the world? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that like to me, it is just that, that I think the case could be made for them being simpletons because, you know, at least as far as D&D is concerned, you could easily make a case for them having an int of three or less because they don't have a spoken language. Maybe they um, just don't speak a language you understand, racist Correct. And, uh, and <laughs> in fact, no, I would go so far as to say Yoshi's definitely have a spoken language because there are multiple scenes of them in a circle, like doing something. They don't have a written language that we've ever seen. So they must be able to stand in a circle and speak. Um, well, no, they can stand in a circle and understand each other. Um, oh but, my God, maybe they're telepaths. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, uh, I, I think that you could you could easily make the case that they are probably more akin to like dog intelligence than right. to they're, they're very intelligent animals. Right. But but still animals, you know? Right. And so, and I would, <laughs> this is, I'm, I think it's monstrous, but let's go with monstrous. <laughs> so, so, you know, you could definitely see them, their view being a little bit more childlike. And then also it'd be more, very vibrant and colorful because that would kind of be their worldview is that the world is actually this beautiful, wildly nicely colored place because you would have to have that view and mindset in order to consistently follow Mario around with how horribly he abuses the Yoshis. Yeah. Well, I would say it's, it might be a combination of them viewing the world that colorfully, like whether it's denial or they're just super happy all the time. Um, <laughs> And also that the the Mario universe is typically known for being colored exclusively by Crayola crayons. So, I mean, if you if you combine those things, like the world is brighter and more colorful than our world, and right. the Yoshis see everything like turned up to eleven, and it's like, oh yeah, it makes perfect sense that everything looks like it's made out of yarn and colored with crayons and made out of you know craft paper. Right. Yeah. But yeah, that it, the minute I turned it on, I, I, my, I was thinking about, I was like, well, this, this takes place in the same universe. So theoretically it should look the same, but it doesn't. And what's a fun head candy. So, but that's like, well, we're seeing it through the eyes of the Yoshis. And so then a part of me was just kind of like, it, for example, in the jungle stage where they're like the monkeys and they throw stuff at you. Right. Yeah. Well, there are jungle stages in super Mario world. Right. So to me, though, that's like the same type of stage like those two things would look theoretically the same it's just that's the difference in the way they they see it so well and just there's, kinda... there's actually a mechanic to lend credence to your belief which is in there there's you see them early and then you see them again several worlds later the uh the big fluffy ball things that like get you high oh yeah no i i totally <laughs> wanted to talk about those yeah because i mean when you and i mean this, this actually speaks a lot to what they were able to do with visuals at this late stage in the Super Nintendo is like smooth textures become crazy. So like a, a flat platform gets like wavy. And mm -hmm. so your controls are screwed up and the world actually looks screwed up. So right. like if you just try and stand still, you'll actually like rock kind of side to side on your feet a little bit. But if you're on a small enough platform, you will eventually fall off it because the platform, I mean, it's, it's supposed to be a simulacrum of your your disorientation, but but the platform appears to physically also alter in shape. Like the music gets all crazy and stuff. So, I mean, we would only see that if we were seeing the world through the Yoshi's eyes. So I'm I'm gonna say head cannon accepted. Sweet, sweet, love it. And yeah, no, I loved uh, 
because I remember as a kid, it was like, you know, touch fuzzy, get dizzy is the name of that stage. <laughs> <laughs> and and this time, the minute I played it, Im- immediately I remembered what they were talking about. The mechanic they were talking about, it's like, he's not dizzy. Yoshi is high as a kite, you know? Yeah, I mean, his eyes get all like bulbous and kind of, I think his, I think his eyes stay white, but his, his little um, pupil becomes like a little pink or something. I think if I remember correctly, it 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 does the thing where like his his pupil becomes like a U, you know, some yeah something. I mean, the, he he yeah. is noticeably inebriated. Oh yeah, no, I mean he he, <laughs> like in that moment you expect him to say something like, "Hey man, what if Mario and Luigi are the same person? <gasps> what <laughs> you know, like just something something really just you know that he wakes up the next morning he's like that's not." That's not deep. I was just high, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I loved that. Was an interesting mechanic. So um this just the mechanic of touching the different boxes that turns you into different things, like the you know, helicopter or yeah. The, yeah, are we gonna talk about this right now? Because I have thoughts and feelings. Uh no, let's 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 hold off <laughs> on the mechanic mechanics. But um, the, the, one of the visuals that they do is um, so the choo-choo, right? Mm-hmm. When you become the choo-choo, you can just check around as choo-choo, but then there are tracks on the walls, right? Yeah, some, that, it, and that, that 3D held up a lot better than some of the other 3D. Yes, absolutely, I agree. But then all of a sudden I realized, because I had noticed as I was playing through that sometimes there were these like choo-choo tracks on the walls, right? And I was like, that's kind of like a cool kid thing, you know? And then when I became the choo-choo and was on the walls, it like, that was my eat fuzzy, get dizzy moment of, you know, (laughs) like all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, there were tracks other places on the walls. (gasps) Did Wait, was there was there a way for me to become a choo-choo back then? Oh my god, I gotta go back and play those levels. Which I mean, I, for the one I was thinking of, I'm confident that it was just an aesthetic, you know, choice. But but still, it 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 definitely had a degree of added a degree of depth to the universe by just literally recycling a visual. You know, well, I mean, there's a lot of incredibly tight attention to detail, like. One of the things I made a specific note of, because the the second you get into a stage and you see a coin for the first time, your brain is like, those coins don't look right. But you only have to look <laughs> at it for just a, an instant more to recognize that it is a Mario coin-sized version of the giant Yoshi coins from Super Mario World. Hmm. So instead of having, it, yeah, instead of having the straight line up and down in the middle, which is actually based on like very old fashioned Japanese money, um, they have the little tiny, it's just barely there and they spin. So you have to kind of look for it, but they have the little Yoshi outline. And it's like, oh, if those coins were bigger, they would be the Yoshi coins from Super Mario World. So like we're on Yoshi's Island. So of course they have Yoshi money. Whereas when you go, you know, offshore to super Mario world, you, the Yoshi money is only there in very large denominations because they're like rare from a foreign land. And it's like, interesting. Yeah. Because I mean, that that's, there was a time in history when that's what Japanese money was shaped like. They were big kind of oval shaped gold coins. So, I mean, there's like this whole cool little tiny bit of Japanese culture sort of, overlaid on or underlaid I guess it's like the foundation of like how they made this decision 
And then there's all these other little clever things like the um, the foreground sometimes is like flowers that actually go over the action and scroll mm. at a different speed because they're closer to you than what's happening in like the main part of the, the stage. And then the stages with the big chomps that like rain down and trying mm. to eat you. Like you can actually see them way the hell off in the background, which reminds you like, oh, there is stuff over there. Like right. the game is in 2D, but from their point of view, the world is not two dimensions. Yeah, exactly. And just and, and like you said, like so that I think was some of the faux three dimension stuff that actually did hold up pretty well, you know, um, especially because if I remember correctly, um, yeah, like like for or, or a better example, the the what you said with the chomps, um, you know, having that telegraph, right? So you've got something in the background. It's like moving, draws your eye to it, and then all of a sudden it jumps out. So that it's not only giving you the player the sense that you are in a larger world than strictly the two dimensional two dimensions that you're seeing, but they also use it as a way to you know mechanically reinforce uh, the idea that like, hey, this this chomp, it's gonna come get you you know be yeah. aware <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yet uh, the, the colors were all very very bright it was all very enjoyable uh there was uh, oh one of the visuals though that um really stood out to me because it was i don't know a little bit more intense than i was expecting <laughs> was um in the one of the boo castles and i don't i didn't i don't remember if they reused this but it was one of the first ones where uh, it, it's like a little slime dude that's either on the ceiling or on the floor. And then when you get close enough to him, he goes like, boom, and he like jumps out uh, at yes. you. Yeah, that was, that was kind of intense, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a few of the, the ghost looking things that are either like jump scary which i mean i hate i mean these are kid friendly jump scares but i still i just don't like jump scares so it's like ah crap jumping out of me but then there's one of the the ghost house visuals that they then reuse in other stages a couple times just haphazardly where it's um the ghost shy guys that are up in the ceiling and oh, they've yeah. formed like a human chain to hand explosives quickly to each other and then drop them on you yes and and you never, I mean, you kill shy guys like, like they're like, it's going out of style. Like there's an all shy guy buffet and you are the only person interested in eating there. <laughs> and so where do these shy guy ghosts come from? Because I'm thinking something horrible, like normal shy guys were placed in that wall and then they just left them there. Or, or, or worse. I, I don't know if this is better or worse, but <laughs> like, so the, the mechanic that you're talking about, there's no real way for you to interact with the shy guys, right? No, because I, I don't think you can eat them through the ceiling. So when a shy guy, after you eat them, right, and then encapsulate them into a, a, a shelled prison and then hurl that prison as hard as you can into something <laughs> else, inevitably killing or destroying the contents, right? Yeah, everybody dies. That that's their purgatory like that's where they go when they die to that little assembly line that little assembly line <laughs> and, and there's just hundreds upon hundreds about hundreds and that's that's all they do is they just pass those bombs around and and a part of me wants to be too <laughs> on a side note just kind of be you know like osha would have a field day with that because 
<laughs> you know, it's just because it's a live explosive, right? You know, and what's going to happen to them? They're dead. Yeah. Well, yeah. And so, <laughs> well, but is it, is this like a DBZ abridged or is it a DBZ abridged? GBZ mechanic where it's like, well, if you die while you're dead, then you super die. Like, can they super, <laughs> super die? But well, no, because I'm just. <laughs> Just picturing, you know, like a whole line of people handling, handing off a live bomb and somebody just being like, all right, here you go, Jim. We always knew that Jim was a little bit of a screw up. And then he just like <laughs> grabs it. You think, and oh, no. And then boom, you know, Anyways. they might be like Yoshi seeking missiles that only detonate near. I mean, this isn't true because you see them explode all the time, but I'm I'm trying to come up with a way that this is acceptable. I'm also. So I know you never played the Metal Gear Solid series, but in the fourth one, mm -hmm. you walk down like this river of the damned and all these like, there's this one spirit guy who's like harassing you. He's like, oh, you're fat. You didn't do good in math in high school. And he's like yelling at you. And there's um, all these ghosts <laughs> like coming up out of the river. And this is where uh, Hideo Kojima is like a brilliant also psychopath because Sweet. the ghosts that come up out of the river at you are actual enemies you have been killing in the game. And nice, if you make nice. it all the way to that point in the game without killing anyone, there are no ghosts in the river. And That's and I know, right? It's very cool. And I know that this is not true, but it'd be awesome if you got to that first uh, <laughs> castle and you had killed no shy guys. That would be so there's just no one up there. Yeah, no, that would that would be fantastic. And and the thing that I think can can lead credence to this theory of this is shy guy purgatory is the reason why the bombs never explode while the shy guys are handing them off is because the bombs only activate when they enter the material plane. But when they're Ooh. in the plane of the damned for <laughs> shy guys, they're, they, 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 they don't they don't explode. So. Which, okay, I, I want to talk about Shy Guys, but I have one last crazy thing I got to ask you about this theory. <laughs> Is the most effective way for ghosts to kill or otherwise inhibit Yoshi from his quest to man like a small munitions factory? Because doesn't it seem weird that the choice for how the ghost Shy Guys interact with you is by dropping <laughs> tiny bombs? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not not like you know somehow sucking the life out of you or anything like that. Yeah, I mean even just regular booze just like hurt you by like running into you. Like they just they're enemies. They do damage. Like why do the ghost shy guys? They're like, hey, can can we give bombs to some of the live shy guys? No, wait, that'd be crazy dangerous. But it's all these purgatory shy guys. <laughs> well, okay, so if, as long as we're being awful, let's just let's let's just shoulder into it. So what if it's like Dante's Inferno where there's different levels of deaths for shy guys, you know? So mm. like all of those shy guys were thieves, you know? And so, or whatever crime, you know? And so that, Adulterers. that's why they're there. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, it, 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 if the shy guy instead was, you know, not there for thieving or, or what, what's, 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 Virgil had some weird stuff that he thought was worse than other stuff. I remember thinking that even when I read it back in the day, being like, really? Thing A worse than thing B? But anyways. Yeah, it kind of makes you wonder if, like, some of those were just his personal, like, grudges. Like, and the eighth level of hell is for Jerry, who stole my sandwich out of the break room <laughs> fridge, even though my name, Virgil, right there on the front and back of the bag. I know you know that was my sandwich, Jerry. Fuck <laughs> you, Jerry. You know, just like... <laughs> And yeah, actually, I, I think 
that's absolutely true. Um, but but yeah, so that that's my my best uh, thought on. So I like how in this this beautiful, colorful <laughs> story about a, a dinosaur desperately trying to keep an infant alive, we've already gone to the place of, yeah, so shy guy purgatory, you yeah. know, obviously. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's just, it's we didn't put it there, they put it there. Um, <laughs> but I do actually want to talk about the shy guys on, and visuals specifically, because the shy guys and Koopa Troopas are also guilty of this. Like, they are the poster children for palette swaps. Mm-hmm. But that also like don't you don't feel bad about, like yeah. because there's there's shy guys of different colors and some of them behave differently. But then there's shy guys that behave the way other shy guys have behaved despite not having that shy guy's colors. So you don't feel like you're being wronged because the way they behave is like obvious. Like you can see there's there's the ones that do the little like flip. Mm-hmm. There's ones up on little stilts. There's the ones that carry the like kind of racist like Zulu armor with like the <laughs> it's like the bark shield and like a long spear and they have like face paint and yep. and but all of those regardless of the color the shy guy is all behave the way their obvious attack makes them behave. And the ghost yeah. shy guys have adorable little ghost tails and they're they totally the only do. ones that are white. So maybe it's not, maybe that's shy guy heaven, like an attempt for the rest of time. You get to just try and kill Yoshi with bombs, which which, it's their Valhalla. Yeah. I was going to say, which means that that's, (laughs) that's what they, that's all they ever wanted. It's like all I ever wanted in life was just to throw a bomb at a Yoshi and an infant (laughs) and just have it explode. (laughs) That's all I ever wanted, you know? Um, Interesting. But yeah, I I think that, so I think that, and this is something that I've just kind of started to formulate my mind as we've been doing these, is, you know, like you said, there's good palette swapping and then, like, bad palette swapping, you know? And good may even be a little bit strong. Good slash innocuous, you know, good slash harmless, (laughs) right? Um, But, yeah, like, the shy guys would be an example of, to me, like, harmless palette swapping, where literally... They're not saying like, oh, well, you fought Shy Guy A, but now you're fighting this more powerful Shy Guy who's the exact same Shy Guy, just, you know, different color, right? So that to me is like the harmless one. Good palette swapping would, would the turtles would be an example where the palette swap is, is telegraphing to you the way they behave. Like the green ones right. will just walk right off a cliff, whereas the red ones won't, you know? Right. Um, and then bad palette swapping being kind of what I alluded to earlier, where what they're trying to do is extend the game's content <laughs> by simply, you know, uh, by, by just palette swapping. So the shy guys, in my opinion, you feel like that they're, they've been palette swaps just to kind of lend some variability to the visuals. So you're not staring at like a hundred red guys, you know, it's, it's, you know, like, Oh, some of them are red, some of them are green, some of them are blue. And then it's just, it just helps that out. But I, I would think they would err on the side of bad palette swapping. If, all the shy guy enemies in like stage one were all red and then you got on to like stage seven and now they're all blue and it's like well that's they're just they're still shy guys you know yeah. but what this one does is it's like in this stage they're all the zulu fighters and in this stage they're all on stilts and in this stage this other mechanic mechanic difference so yeah, that even, makes me think even that they still mix up where 
like a stage that has them on stilts doesn't only have them on stilts. Sometimes they come flying out of the little tube endlessly so that you have an endless source of, you know, eggs you can make. Sometimes they're just walking around. Like there, there's, it, it's, it's a very, it's a very gentle dance. Those shy guys are doing where you don't feel like, Oh, now there are green ones. Neat. Ooh. Yeah. It's, 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 but you definitely notice that there's different colors, which actually makes them, feel a little bit more like a realistic part of the world because if every single guy on stilts was also wearing red you'd be like huh i know the stilts and their clothing are unrelated so why are all the ones on stilts wearing red right, right. whereas like sometimes the ones on stilts are wearing green sometimes the zula guy is yellow and like you just you get variability in the clothes which makes the little people that you eat and turn to eggs and then murder feel more like people yeah, which is I I personally when I'm, you know, binding somebody into a, a situation that they then have no further control right before I hurl them full speed into a solid object, I want to humanize them as yeah. much as possible, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's important. I also think that the visuals in this are um far more violent as an adult. Yeah. Right? Like like when when you when you like there's the little round guys they're not goombas they're like little perfect circles and like you bounce off <laughs> them you have to like stomp them and they pop right yes yeah you can actually eat those small ones in tournament eggs but like if you stop them they pop and one of the the mechanics that's significant about that is you can't move during the pop like mm. you it's like you lose your footing so you're you're like shaken for an instant which can matter depending on what's going on around you so there there's a reason that there's that visual difference because it actually impacts gameplay, but the pop feels like aggressive, right? Like you jump yeah. on them and you crush them into oblivion when they're like solid things like Goombas or you jump on these guys and they explode and there's like little stars and it's like, boom. And, yeah. no, <laughs> and you, you it just feel like as a kid, you're like, ah, oh, he popped. And as an adult, you're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry for your loss. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm so sorry. Wid now widowed uh, blob thing. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you sit on them so hard that you compress them into like energy and then they just explode. Yeah. No, it's, it's and, and like when you kill piranha plants, they like wither and die. Yep. Yeah. yeah. They, yeah, no, that and also um, one of the bosses, uh, I don't know why, kind of hit home for me. It's the one where it's one of the little bloop things and Curdle uh, uh, Mac or whatever his name is. Um, that's, that's that's the kobold, kobold god from D&D. <laughs> You're way off. Yeah, no, not even a little bit. Anyways, but um, so... Yeah, so he turns a little bloop into a huge bloop, and you just throw eggs at him until he expires, right? Right. Um, but when you throw an egg at him, it rips through his body, tearing off small other ch uh, children, I guess, since now sentient life forms, you know? Yeah, I or, mean, I, I assume it's it's like when a cell divides, except, you know, that it thinks and has feelings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, that was, that was, I was like, huh, dark. But, uh, I mean, the, there's just such a variety of death and damage taking animations like 
the way turtles die is different than the way Goombas die, which is different than the way like shy guys die and piranha plants. Like, like somebody had to sit there and they were like, okay, we're going to design this new enemy. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. How will it die? (laughs) I need to know its exact death animation. And while we're, (laughs) you know, circling around this, um, yeah, the fact that you, in order to get your eggs, you have to eat and then encapsulate them. Right. That's, that's pretty awful, right? Because you're basically using them as human weapons. To, I mean, that's certainly a war crime. Just first of all, <laughs> I am confident that that would be outlawed by the Geneva Convention. But <laughs> the reason why I'm so sure about that was because I got a little frustrated with one particular enemy in the game and did something that took up more time than I'd like to admit, but it's pretty satisfied with, which was, you know how they're the little mice, right? Yeah. And they'll come in and, you know, at first I was like, eh, a little mouse, whatever. And then yeah, I saw whatever horrible night. thing you're about to tell me you did to them. I approve of. I hate those mice. I hate yeah. them so much. No, they're the, they're the worst. Right. <laughs> so um, what I did was I went in and and ate a whole bunch of the mice. Right. And because. OK, so so in my mind, I asked the question, well, why are they stealing the eggs? Right. They're they're probably stealing them for food, you know, because they're eggs. Right. So they probably like steal the egg, bring it back, and then crack it open with their little cabal of family or whatever and and, and eat the egg, right? C- cabal? Cabal was the first word you went for? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're crucible of uh, – <laughs> um, yeah, so so they go, they go back to their little enclave, right, and then <laughs> of, of, uh, of rats and, and, and eat the egg. So the first time they stole from me, I was like – I felt like a mob dawn, you know, saying like you <laughs> – you stole from me? No, no. I need to make an example of you. So I went in and it was like, kind of, you know, like there was an upper area and then a lower area. So I went into the upper area and just egged as many of the rodents as I could. And then I went to the lower level and let all of the rodents steal my eggs. I made them eat their friends. I, I absolutely approve of this war crime. <laughs> <laughs> and so like you know mechanically you could be like well you, you obviously you lost out you lost all of your eggs it's like uh no i'm i'm pretty sure that they lost out when they cracked that egg open and went, phil <laughs> phil you know yeah. so, no but yeah. but you lost all your eggs i didn't lose anything they <laughs> lost something <laughs> i i lost an egg they lost their humanity but anyway so that was my little dip into the into darkness when i realized they were taking my eggs from me so the the last thing I, I want to say about visuals, uh, just in general, um, is and and I feel like any game that's stage based, we eventually are likely to either praise or decry this, which is that the variability in mechanics, which we'll get to, but the variability in design of each of the bosses, because every world has two bosses. It's got like the mid boss and then like the main and and Bowser Castle boss, I guess, right. and. Every single one of them is like unique and interesting looking and like the the sometimes it's just like a bigger version of whatever but they get over that really fast because yes. the uh the piranha plant boss is like the only time you see like spiked vines and it's like they didn't just make the piranha plant bigger they made it like they supercharged it, right? Like it, <laughs> it got like, it got the ooze. It's, you know, it's the pro version of the product plan, like whatever, but it, it's like, it's different and unique. And then like with the, the frog, it doesn't make the frog bigger. He makes you smaller. 
So, oh yeah, I like that one, yeah. Right, so like there's a lot of clever mechanical things going on, so it's not just oh you're fighting a larger whatever, but there's right. also just like varied and and smart and interesting visuals because I mean, you know, it's a platformer like it can get samey and somehow each one of the bosses feels like really good. Oh yeah, and and actually um I, I all of the bosses feel really good to fight and to 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 kill i mean you know they as we were saying the 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 death animations are very gruesome in mm-hmm. you know in that <laughs> it will in the in that kind of clever way uh, i guess that because they fall again so so far on the the left of the uncanny valley right is that the reason why they're gruesome quote unquote to us is because we're they're like an empty an empty jar you know so we're projecting onto them like well, what what what's happening in this visual but honestly the visual itself isn't as awful as a lot of the visuals that we would see in modern gaming so oh but, no no it, it's all kid violence i mean it's not worse yeah. than any it's it's actually far more tame than anything you might see in like looney tunes yeah absolutely but um it feels good you know so when you know the boss goes and goes like boom, boom, <laughs> and you know like that yeah i mean you you feel good you feel like you've accomplished something so um i think that that to put my capstone on visuals um you know that they never were antagonistic to the gameplay they they felt really good they felt really varied and they i don't know they made me want to keep playing the game you know like it wasn't it wasn't like some of the games we played that was you know palette swap the game where it was just a (laughs) slog and you were just kind of like oh great now i gotta go fight another enemy but this one's purple you know like it, it was fun. I wanted to see what part of this world I got to, to see a, a part of next. And I, I think your sound effect is probably as good a segue as any into <laughs> what, <laughs> what the audio is like in the game, because I mean, I know your chocolate ideas have now become like a thing and, yep. and you probably didn't even recognize that this game had music, but there was in fact music and there's a lot of like homages and thematic plays off of uh super mario brothers and super mario world music and i don't care about any of that what i care about (laughs) is that the general like the the default level music that like most of the levels in the game use Mm -hmm. is the like dun 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 dun, dun, dun. yeah so that song is both hummable and whistleable Mm-hmm. And I like to do both of those things because it's weird in modern society to just walk around singing. And also this song has no lyrics. So I will, I would like, without exaggerating, I would say two to three times a week minimum, you could catch me humming or whistling that song. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, I think that, and and I think it speaks to the catchiness of the, the songs that I actually did. First of all, it, it was very much so like the minute that the song came on, I was, you know, eight years old again or however old I was, <laughs> se- yeah. 17. Yeah, sent back in time. Yeah, just, you know, right there playing it. It was really enjoyable. And I felt that it, you know, kind of the the, the tone and peppiness to it really kind of, again, reinforced the fact that it's like, hey, you know, this isn't the stakes it doesn't have to be super serious for a game to have stakes right you're trying to get mario from point a to point b and fend off the bowser's entire army right in the process (laughs) sure um 
but it doesn't have to be like super grim and oh my gosh, you know, like these stakes are high because the music's super intense. It's like, no, the music is kicking, kicky, kicking, way back, you know, like very, you know, very fun, you know, and, uh, and yeah, and I, I absolutely agree. It's it's very humble. It's really easy to get into your head. And uh, and honestly, I I enjoyed it a lot. Well, then also like to your point about stakes, when you're in a mid world castle or like the end world Bowser castle, and the music isn't it's not grim, but it's definitely like heavier and more like kind of spooky, mysterious. Like things are happening. Like you you notice right because th- that's the game's way of telling you like hey. If you were struggling with the earlier levels, you're way more likely to die in here because right. that that was just like the outside world where everything was fine. Now you're like in the fortresses of the enemy and everything is super not fine, right? So like <laughs> so you you kind of have this this clear indicator not just from the graphics being different but also from the music taking a staunchly different tone and melody and quality where you're like, "Oh, okay, now like now the stakes have been raised a little bit, but still not like such a juxtaposition from the rest of the world that you're like, oh, this doesn't, it feels incongruent. Well, yeah. And I think that, you know, like we're saying is that you don't, you don't need in order to feel like there's something on the line, you don't need everything constantly kicked up to an 11. Right. So basically like the music is setting a tone, a lighthearted fun, like, cause this is the game is, it's supposed to be a lighthearted fun platformer you know there are things at stake there are things going on you're aware of what they are you're aware of what your goal is but you know the the point is to be stressed out of your mind the whole time like when you're playing you know i i would assume metal gear solid from what i've seen of you play of it you know yeah Um, yeah that that crap is stressful yeah this ain't that which is good yeah so so but the nice thing is because the the generic music is at a two then in the boss levels they kick it up to like a six and that's the thing is I'm a big proponent of believing that human beings are terrible at tracking absolutes. We're good at tracking change, you know? And so basically if you've got music that's constantly at an eight, you're eventually just going to set yourself at like, Oh, well, this is, this is an eight. This is normal. And then when you want to like be like, well, now it's super serious. Well, then you got to kick it up to an 11, you know, but this one, it's like the music's really fun, really peppy, really enjoyable. And Hey, it's gotten a little bit more serious FYI. So Eh, you're at like a six now, but realistically, all you're registering is the jump from a two to a six, which is a jump of four, and that gets your attention, you know? Right. And so. and I think there's I, – I agree with you about absolutes, but there's – we're worse at absolutes, but we're not incapable of judging absolutes. And the change from a two to a six is like, oh, things are things are substantially more serious, but they haven't – I don't expect anyone to pull out a gun – I'm not expecting pyramid <laughs> head from the silent hill universe to like come in and brutally murder me. Right. Like I, I still know that I'm somewhere in that middle range in terms of how tense I should be. <laughs> right. Whereas if it yeah. went from a nine to an 11, then it's like, I was already on pins and needles constantly. And even though there's only been a slight change, I'm now very aware that like we've gone off the dial and it's like, <laughs> there's, there's a great dorkly video where if you haven't seen it, you should absolutely check it out. It's a, uh, um, it's what if Bowser had actual guns, you know, <laughs> like and, instead of bullet bills. Yeah. And so it just kind of shows Bowser walk, 
walking into uh you know uh, a koopa's area where there are just like these bullet bills and the bullet cannons like everywhere and he goes like hey so uh how hey hey john who builds all of the the bullets how's it uh how's it going he's like oh pretty good pretty good. and buster just pulls out like a glock and just shoots him <laughs> in the leg he's like oh my god why did you do that and he's like you oh i'm sorry did i shoot you with the real gun you know and he was like what's going on it's like why do you make the bullets so big and travel so slow <laughs> well bigger bullets are harder to dodge and he shoots him in the leg again he's like oh could you dodge that one huh and he's like well uh i just thought it'd be better he's like tell that to my seven my seven children oh wait you can't can you so um so yeah no, at no point does the t- does the tone shift to the point where I think all of a sudden, you know, um, Fuzzy is going to pull out a knife and start, you know, and shank you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or no, Shiv. Or, wait, crap. Yeah, shank. You, yeah, you shank. shank the, shiv. Yeah, Shiv is the noun. Shank is the verb. <laughs> Which wait, again is important knowledge to, to have. Make sure that yeah. we get our verbiage correct. Yeah, it's important background knowledge to have in the adorable crayon-colored universe of Yoshi's Island. Oh, uh, oh my God! You shift me. No, I shanked you. <laughs> I just picturing Yoshi saying that, you know, to the frog. Uh, anyways, but so yeah. So let me ask you if you notice this uh, when you eat an egg, because the the eating, making egg, and throwing egg noises are probably the some of the most common sound effects in the entire game certainly at the action i would argue that you do the most aside from maybe your hover jump yeah yeah but i mean you might throw three or four eggs to every time you hover jump there's yeah. lots of regular jumps just like kind of jump but yeah. the oh god and i hate that the, uh, no, yeah which wasn't as bad in yoshi's island but the version of it that's stuck in my head is the super smash brothers version yeah which is like a much louder, more guttural. Like you can hear him like pleading with his God to let him not fall off the edge of the universe and die. At least in the original Yoshi's Island, it's like hover, 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 not help me. (laughs) (laughs) And you see, it's interesting because uh, I I have a different thought on that for the Smash Brothers one, because whenever I would hear that sound, I was like, that means that something, a a problem that I thought was gone has come back to roost (laughs) because I thought that you were gone. But now you're coming back to give me more problems. So, you know, literally, I have it more along the lines of, you know, like when I hear that, I just think about grabbing the Yoshi and going, long live the king. And just throwing (laughs) him back off the level. (laughs) But yeah, um, anyways, you were talking about the egg eating sound effect. Yeah, so I'm, I haven't gotten the results back from the lab yet, but I have a pretty high level of confidence that the sound it makes when you swallow. So try and imagine like you have something in your mouth. So not the like lick the like slurpy noise, but when you actually press down and it goes like and makes an egg that that is the exact same sound it makes when Mario is underwater and like takes a breast stroke. Hmm. Yeah. And if I'm right, why, why (laughs) is it that noise? And why does it perfectly work for both of those visuals? Well, again, I think that, and, you know, the more that we're discussing this, I'm just kind of coming to it as we're we're talking. But, you know, older games, especially good ones, you know, like Mario and, uh, like you know, Super Mario World, Mario 2, Yoshi's Island, The Legend of... Still feels weird. 
I can't yeah, think of any games that start with that title. Go on. No, I think it's Legends of the Fall. Something. You're thinking of Final Fantasy. Yeah, fi- Final <laughs> Fantasy <laughs> Legends of Grandia. Um, <laughs> anyways, but yeah, you know, games like that were were they 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 are the empty cup, right? They're they're the blank slate. They're why Keanu Reeves keeps getting work. You know, where <laughs> where it's just the 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 sound is just so kind of foreign that it it fills so many different roles and niches because it just it yeah that's that's vague it's a vague sound and i would believe that that's what cartoonish swimming through water found sounds like and a similar noise could be this other thing sure i don't especially with the yoshi i've never seen an animal consume another animal and then immediately turn it into an egg so I have no frame of reference for what that would sound like in the real world. Well, I assume that the that there's a chance that what you're actually seeing is he's eating an animal, which then pushes the last animal he ate, or maybe three or four animals ago, through the end of his digestive tract, mm. which is why you have to eat an animal to produce a... Or, let, let's let's not beat around the bush. You have to eat another sentient creature that exists in your world yep. <laughs> and brutally murder it uh, to push an egg out. Not that the one you just ate, like he gets to suffer in your digestive tract for a while. So it's so you're basically the Sarlacc pit. Yes. Cool. I mean, I assume at the <laughs> other end of the planet that has the Sarlacc pit are a bunch of eggs floating in space. That's no moon. <laughs> it just now i'm just picturing <laughs> like the the tatooine you know mm. the planet and you know the, the huge battle on the sarlacc pit and it just pans away pans away pans away and as it's getting smaller and smaller you see it's just like a gland in yoshi's <laughs> <laughs> yoshi's neck you know and it just like pulls out and it's just like I bet you didn't see that coming, you know? See, then, now, that's the kind of thing a Yoshi would think about when it hits a Mr. Dizzy fuzzy. thing. <laughs> yep, yep, that's that's a, a, a fuzzy thought. Actually, <laughs> now I'm going to think, I think that we should try to push for all high thoughts just being called fuzzy thoughts, because that, I mean... Head cannon accepted. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I had a fuzzy thought the other day. Um, <laughs> uh, anyways, but yeah, no, I um, I thought that, that the sound effects overall, I, like I said, the music's amazing, and the sound effects overall, um, I thought they were good, and I thought that they telegraphed what was going on. For example, like you said, the, you know, tongue, eat, make into an egg, right? That sound, I thought, was actually in particularly, not loud, but in stark contrast to basically anything else that sounds like that, right? Yeah. And I think that's important because the visual, depending on exactly what you're doing and where, where, when and where it happens, and also how many eggs you already have, is not amazing for whether or not you actually made the egg, you know? Because... Yeah, you kind of need the little bloop noise. Yeah, it's that way you can be like, okay, I made the egg. Because it'll, sometimes, depending on what you're doing, it can just pop out behind you and then immediately join in the the um, cavalcade of eggs. <laughs> Just seeing how many different synonyms I can use for group um, uh, of, of eggs, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah, you're I mean, a little egg train. Yeah, so, but that that visual isn't amazing as far as lit, letting the player know that, yes, you did hit down it, and it made the egg. So I thought that that was needed to have that kind of really crisp sound to let you know, you know? Well, and, and before we get off the egg noise, I need to know... 
is that the sound of him swallowing or is that the sound of the egg coming out? I I always, my headcanon was always that it's him passing the egg. Like, <laughs> like that's, that's the sound, sound it makes as, you know, like it's just fired out, you know? <laughs> right? Yep. <laughs> This is what we're talking about. Yep. And 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 also too to so so sorry, I just want to touch on your idea that he has n number of eggs in his digestive tract like currently well, calcifying or whatever. Yeah, I mean various stages of decay, you know, the one he just ate is presumably struggling for its life and cursing its god and right. then the ones further along are long dead and in various states of like mummification i guess i don't have time for creatures whose gods have abandoned them but, <laughs> <laughs> um uh yeah so okay so that's that's fine and awful um but that means like what percentage do you think of yoshi's body mass then is yoshi versus you know because like those eggs are big, you know, so if he's got even three of them in process in him, then that would be the majority of his internal structure. Um, yeah, I mean, Yoshi's, uh, they have access to Time Lord technology. Okay, so Yoshi's <laughs> bigger on the inside. Well, I'm going to say he's got to be because... Or that inside him is not bound by the same physics as outside him, and outside him is not bound by the same physics as the rest of the world, because we know from Super Mario World that eggs can contain both baby Yoshis and full-grown Yoshis, mm -hmm. and we also know that the baby Yoshis are capable of eating things many times their size, and then yeah. they go into the black hole that is the inside of a Yoshi. So I'm going to say that whatever physics are happening inside of a Yoshi and inside of a Yoshi egg are like for they are foreign to us. Like they are consistent <laughs> and predictable, but we know them not. So no, I I, I can I can get a boat with that. It, it's basically like the the subspace excuse, you know, where yeah, <laughs> like we just magic basically that yeah, the, yeah, the, the universe moves around the ship. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, no, that's 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 legit. I'm I'm on board with that. But uh, yeah, do you have anything else for for sounds? Um, I I want to kind of give a nod to the fact that you hear certain sounds in this game almost with the frequency that you hear like the gun firing noise in like a bullet hell game, and yet that noise, the the slurp noise, the swallow noise, or egg producing noise, depending on which camp you fall in there, and then the the targeting <laughs> noise, because the targeting noise is like a loud beeping. It's it's almost like a almost like a childish um sonar noise would be, you know? Mm, like you yeah. hear those noises virtually nonstop throughout gameplay and yet they never became grating i was never annoyed i was never like oh my god that sound again like it's just perfectly acceptable and and that's that's not nothing to have a noise that is useful because you are aware of it like you said you you are listening for that egg being made sound or mm -hmm. like the if the the tongue noise is interrupted and and he makes like the little painful face because it's something you can't eat. Like right. you you are definitely still aware of those sounds. They never just become background noise, and yet somehow they don't become incredibly grating and annoying. And that's as a sound designer, that is probably like 
you win awards for that. <laughs> like, yeah, here, here's a sound you hear 20,000 times in an hour of gameplay, but it doesn't make you want to kill yourself. Yeah, that's actually a really good point that, and one that I, I never really thought of is, yeah, you know, to hear the same thing over and over and over again. Anybody who, who has kids knows how <laughs> very quickly and creating like, like, hey, 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 mama, mama, mommy, mommy, like that. that yeah, all, all of that. Yeah, that, that and, gets and if you're nerves. a good parent, you can't tune it out. And if you're a bad parent, you have tuned out. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. But uh, but yeah, no, um, yeah. So the fact that the and I think that the key then is that the sound the sound has to be satisfying, and it is. You know, in all those instances, I, the the sound is. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a good thing. You know, now if if <laughs> if every time you made an egg, it was the death scream from Golden Axe, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now I wish I knew how to do ROM hacks because I would totally go find the ROM for this, find the ROM <laughs> for that, and then like super collide those things together. <laughs> Which you kind of should be considering that, like we've said before, is you're you're taking sentient creatures and and <laughs> designing them to the hell of an egg. Ah! But uh, yeah, but just just like. <laughs> Ah, that, ah, like that that would be awful and i'd probably stop making eggs pretty quickly you know yeah then it becomes like a, a no kill challenge like can i beat this game eating as few shy guys as possible so and yeah. i mean we can't we can't talk about the sound without at least mentioning the baby crying noise yeah that's that's insufferable and it should be though like, it, right it and be. it should be yeah like you you want that noise to stop and I, um, I think that's a good thing. I think it's good that, that it hits that emotion or evolutionary level of a baby is crying. Fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it. Fix it. Um, yeah, sometimes, kill everything that is making the baby cry and make the baby stop crying. Yeah, although I think that it's a little counterintuitive sometimes to when the th the baby's crying and he's too far, he's too high for you to effectively go grab him and and soothe him. So you throw an egg at him to bring him closer to you like you, that you can also pull him onto your back with your tongue you absolutely do that but um sometimes <laughs> if he's like really 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 high because oh and that's this kind of bleeds into mechanics but that's one of the things that they do is they'll point like if he's off screen they point at like where he is like they give you an arrow you know yes. so so yeah so you know like i would just sometimes just throw eggs at the arrow because i'm like i can't i can't get to you you know <laughs> so i'm going to pelt you with eggs to bring you closer to me i don't know where you are stop crying stop crying stop crying stop crying <laughs> stop it stop it stop it stop it <laughs> could, you, could you imagine like the the real life comparison like you are you know head down on the table because you're super hungover and your kid <laughs> is like running around in the kitchen around you and like gets hurt and starts crying and you just start throwing things off the table without looking at them. <laughs> and then when the crying stops, you stop throwing things because that's essentially yeah. what happens. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> Especially because um, I'm picturing that exact scenario where basically you just hear like crying, crying, and you can't like really see exactly where it is. So you look up and then there's a crosshair that appears in your field of vision because that's <laughs> totally what happens. And so you're just you've just got got the noise in your sights, and you're just curling stuff at it. Yeah, no, I, I like that. But uh, and and I I think you know just like for for my own uh, mental sake, um, and and I think this is probably true for you too. But correct me if I'm wrong. Um, like 
while I was playing the game, like while the controller was actually in my hand and I'm doing these things, I occasionally had the thought flitter through my head of like, you know, oh, that was that was kind of violent or like, <laughs> like oh, that, that was a little more aggressive than I remembered as a kid. But largely the the kid visuals and the kids sound effects and the whole like kind of playful childish aesthetic of the game like held up really well as an adult like i i i mean we're we're having our fun cuz we do love to have a laugh we do but that we do <laughs> but i i really uh was very easily able to sink back into like i am a kid playing this childish game again and i am super cool with it yeah, no, I, I definitely think that, you know, when, you, like you said, we, we, we joke around, like, you know, you stomp on a bad guy and it pow, it's <laughs> the, you know? the, the music just stopped and, and we both looked toward the camera and we're like, we've had a lot of fun here today. <laughs> <laughs> but, but now let's get serious. But what we'd really like to talk about is making mice eat other mice. That's not <laughs> cool. Okay. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> um. Yeah, so, uh, no, but I mean, like, like you know, that, that explodey thing. But it's very similar to, you know, when Wiley e. Coyote would, like you said, get, like, hit by the bus, you know, and it'd be right. like, bam, pow, and you're just, you know. So now as an adult, you're saying, like, oh, my God, and your brain's immediately walking through, you know, all right, well, that bus was moving at approximately 60 miles an hour, <laughs> having an average mass of blankety blank, so on and so forth. Um, and, uh, but, but you know, I mean, honestly, the, the visual itself is not, visceral it's just you are projecting viscerality upon it viscerality visceral imitude viscerosity viscerosity yeah i like i like Mm -hmm. imitude as a suffix that's also good (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah so so overall thought thought all of that was um you know good enjoyable and and definitely held up and and we've been dipping into controls and mechanics basically since the word go so controls and mechanics (laughs) So one thing that I just want to touch on because, and and I mentioned this to you offhand in one of our conversations, um, but that I, I did. So okay, so when you beat a boss, right? Um, it you, Mario gets a key, right? And that key allows you to open the universe to the next world, whatever it is, right? Yeah, they're they're not totally clear on why that visual happens, but okay. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> you know, and, and and it's 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 innocuous. It's it's gamey, it's fine, and it's fun, it's enjoyable, whatever. But it's one of the few times that Mario specific baby Mario specifically interacts with the world. I do not know why, but the minute that like <laughs> that key appears and Mario holds it up and then the key like pops and then you know you go on to the next world. I was like hold the phone. Paused it. <laughs> Right. And 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 the key is about as long as Mar- it's about as big as Mario. So <clears throat> got my notes here. <laughs> Assuming that the average child is 55 centimeters in length and using that as the length of the key. So, so wait, what what age did you draw 55 centimeters from infant? OK, um, specifically because Mario was intercepted on his yeah, way on route i mean he's he's technically a newborn but right yeah let, so let's and, not and, split fictional hairs <laughs> and i think it said like most newborns are between like 35 and 55 centimeters and i went with the upper limit because the key i think is actually a little bit bigger than he is you know that's, so that's fair. Yeah. yeah so it's just like eh, that's going to be approximately correct and so then using those dimensions and approximating the other dimensions of the key based off of that length multiplying that because it's it's a golden key so i assume that the key is made of gold of or of if worst case scenario 
other similarly hard material, right? And and surely you're going with solid gold. There's no way it's hollow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> exactly. So assuming assuming all of these things, I calculate that the keys volume is approximately uh, 1920.83 cubic centimeters, right? <laughs> So using the density of gold, that gives you a key that weighs about 37.11 kilograms or about 70 pounds. It's actually, I mean, he's a baby, so like that would definitely crush him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, because I mean, assuming that, that he himself weighs probably about eight pounds, right? But And he just hefts it like it's no big deal, right? Like, you know, there's no arm trembling animation. There's not that. He just like, he's like, I got a key. Bam. Door open. Gone. So at this point, one question, and this is not even his final form because he does turn into <laughs> Super Mario at one point and can like run up walls and stuff. So at some point I was just kind of like, Did, does Mario need Yoshi? No. Because that's a strong baby, like a really strong baby, you know? Yeah, I mean, and, and when you think about the way Mario and Yoshi interact, I mean, the Yoshis are like hanging out. Mario falls from the sky mm -hmm. and then they're like, oh, crap a baby oh <laughs> the bit and i mean because i actually watched the whole opening and it's like oh the baby seems to know where it wants to go but i i don't remember and i'm certainly not gonna check i don't remember um the yoshis saying like and we have some kind of moral obligation to help this baby it's the baby seems to know where it wants to go and then for the rest of the game, the Yoshis are slaves to Mario's will. <laughs> so, I mean, there's there's definitely, it, it is not a stretch to say that he is utilizing these Yoshis to accomplish his goals, not because the Yoshis are helping him accomplish his goals. Like, he is, from, <laughs> from, from, from day one of Mario's life, he has been enslaving Yoshis. And we yeah. know that in Super Mario World, when he's an adult, if he needs a Yoshi to die to make that last jump or to get to that bonus area, that Yoshi's life is forfeit. Oh, yes. No, the, the Yoshis all are living on borrowed time so long as Mario exists. You know, they, they... So, so long as Mario walks the world, no Yoshi is safe. No Yoshi is safe. They, their lives are not their own. You know, like Mario well, is... <laughs> so in Super Mario World, when you uh, hit a a block that has a full grown Yoshi egg in it, which is most of them. And it makes the like whoop, whoop, noise. Like when he pops out, I always thought that was like the sound of him, like either inflating or like saying hello or, or the way like a dog might like make a barking or a yapping noise. Like when it sees its master, I, I think that is Yoshi for, Oh God, he found me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because like maybe that the reason why they're they're bubbled in eggs is it's it's similar to to cell where they revert back to their larval state so that way they can be in an egg and then they're smuggled through the underground railroad to like actually get out. And yeah, then yeah, those those question mark blocks are safe houses. Like, oh, there's no Yoshis in here. I don't know what's in here, but it's not a Yoshi. Definitely not a Yoshi. And then all of a sudden it's a Yoshi. And then so because the first time you find a Yoshi in the game, he goes, You saved me, but it's totally a lie, you know, because it's just kind of <laughs> it's like, Oh, thank God you're here. You saved me. He's like, please don't hurt me, please don't hurt me, please don't hurt me. And and actually the the sounds that um he makes when he first appears, and then the sound that he makes when you get on him, I think is the same sound. Yes, it is. It's this, it's the sound of a broken will. It is the sound of <laughs> enslavement. 
dark man i don't know I, i'm a little tired like maybe i don't know why we keep like why we keep going to the dark place in this amazingly uplifting and very enjoyable kids game i am always uh fascinated by the the hook that sinks itself into our brains during these conversations <laughs> and then we seem completely unable to shake <laughs> yeah we've we've gone down some roads i never could have planned or predicted and so far I've been totally cool with it, but one day yeah. we're going to get to like the end of an episode and just be like, we, there's, there's just no way we can release this and nope. not necessarily cause it'll be something horrible, but it'll just be like, we, you know, we, we accidentally just proved there's no God or we, we, <laughs> we accidentally just made like political relations between like China and Taiwan way worse. Like be, be, because of this like Nintendo soccer game, like <laughs> we can never let this out. So we, we we went in to go talk about uh about Excite Bike and we ended up proving that uh that the, there is no God. So uh, <laughs> anyways, it, it, doesn't Homer do that? We th- he starts off with a flat tax proposal, and then yes, yes, that's exactly. And then he uh he gives it to Flanders and Flanders sets it on fire, and then Homer's putting one on every <laughs> car windshield on the street. Yep, yeah, I think like I think he hands it to Ned and he goes like, well, let me just check your math here, and oh, well, let me just double. No, nope. Nope, it's airtight. It's airtight. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as long as we're 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 strolling down uh, awful thoughts lane, um, one of the, the mechanics There's like a I, whole section left to talk about, and we have now committed to keeping that theme. I, apparently, <laughs> or at least I'm just gonna I'm, I'm I'm on this boat until this boat stops taking me places that I want to go, and I want to go fair. here. So, <laughs> so um, <laughs> the shy guys, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> you can totally eat them. And I don't know if this is true of all the en- enemies, but I do know it's it's true of the shy guys. You can eat them and then spit them out and eat them again. Yes, that's true of, I would say, more than half of the enemy types, which, I mean, is helped along by the fact that most of the enemies are variations of shy guys. Right. Um, but yeah, mo- most of the enemies, can you can eat, regurgitate, eat, regurgitate, ad infinitum until they collide with something and explode yes so um one of the things that i did at one point was uh, uh one of the shy guys like hit me and I don't, I don't know why um but you ever like play a video game and thing a happens 15 times and then the 16th time you're like no no this this is the straw we're done here <laughs> so i've lost mario a number of times as you do and uh and and this one shy guy, I don't know why. I didn't know if I didn't like his face or what his deal was, but he he knocked Mario off my back. And so I ate him. I spat him out and I ate him. And I juggled him for probably about a solid three minutes, just not <laughs> not letting him go, not neither letting him exist or expire, but just simply, you know, be in this horrible holding pattern in my mouth before I turned him into an egg and then slammed him directly into a wall. <laughs> I don't know why I suddenly got so vindictive with this one, but that was the one. And, uh, and I, but I did think that well, was an interesting mechanic. And, and you, it, it's like a, uh, like in a, a bad romantic comedy where you made him pay for the sins of all previous shy guys <laughs> that had wronged you because it's like, you, you know, you guys are just walking down the street and he actually wasn't an enemy shy guy. He was just like foolishly reading the newspaper while he was walking down the street and like bumped into you. And he was like, oh, hey, sorry, buddy. And then you just turned around and you were like, time for purgatory. <laughs> and it was like 
put him in your mouth and spat him. And he's just like getting the crap beat out of him by your giant monster tongue and intestinal tract. Yeah, that is an interesting mechanic. Yeah, it's kind of odd. Yeah, no, I like your idea. Like he like bumps into you. He's like, oh, sorry, dude. It just shows like Yoshi like slowly turn and like death metal starts playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> just suddenly like metal apocalypse and flames and the flame eyes but uh but yeah i thought i thought that that was kind of interesting that they you know let you do that because one of the things that this game does and i think it's very important is just, just straight up defy the laws of physics in the name of giving you in increased control on like what's happening so for example like when you fire out and spit out an enemy and for whatever reason you decided that's not something you wanted to do you can you can get them back you right. know you can things similar things similar mechanics like uh being able to change your trajectory midair somehow um or or even in this one being able to double jump you know like things like that that give you increased control over where you are in two dimensional space or what you're capable of doing i think empower the the player and since this isn't about disempowerment it's about having a fun game where you platform i think is very important well the the fact that you exploited the eating mechanic in like a kind of psychopathic way uh, <laughs> is I, I think it's interesting that that's how you chose to torture that shy guy because the eating mechanic is like really central to the gameplay and there's just enough variation with it that it kind of keeps you you don't just eat your way through six worlds like a, a psychopathic pac-man because right. The certain enemy, like the shy guys, when you spit them out, um, I think if they don't hit anything, they kind of roll for a while, mm -hmm. but not yeah. forever, but for a while. So they can eventually become a threat again, but they're not likely to. And since mm -hmm. shy guys are the most common kind of enemy, if you accidentally spit one out and you don't re-eat him, he could become a threat again, but I don't think it's very likely. He'll probably collide with something. Both of those things die or he falls off a cliff or whatever, and then it's done. Right. But then like turtle shells, you cannot turn those or Koopa Troopa shells. You cannot turn those into eggs. You have to regurgitate them and they bounce off everything forever until they either hit something and explode or until they fall off the map. So like the way you interact with Koopa Troopa shells even though you're still doing the eating regurgitating mechanic is different. And then there's like the monkeys, which if you spit a monkey out, they only bounce like one time and then almost immediately become a threat again. Right. Yeah. So you, you have to either turn them into an egg or spit them out in such a way that you know, they're going to die or stop being a problem. And then you even get a few other little fun variations like the, uh, the watermelons, mm -hmm. which, which is cool because it gives you like the shotgun, but as long as you have the watermelon in your mouth, you can't eat anything else. So right. like it, it mixes up that. And then there's even variations on the watermelon where you can get the ice melon or the fire melon. So they, they kind of took a really straightforward mechanic of like eat egg, throw egg and mixed it up enough that you still can like the way you and I might move from point A to point B through a level might be completely different because you might eat guys and regurgitate those guys so they crash into each other and die, whereas I might always, like, eat egg, throw egg, or I might um, 
you know, want to have a full, you know, stack of eggs so that I can find watermelons so that I can be spitting watermelons and throwing eggs like some kind of Yoshi Rambo. Like (laughs) there's, there's enough variation in that mechanic that it, it gives you actually a surprising amount of flexibility in your play style. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree completely. I think that, that all that was awesome. And also kind of, um, from a game design standpoint, you, you could also get items that you could then hang on to or then use you know so like you could not only can you get like watermelons in the stages but you can get a watermelon like item that you can then just use whenever you want it you oh, know yeah, yeah the little uh little item card bonus level thingies exactly yeah. so you know like that's kind of neat too because then all of a sudden if you're just kind of like yeah you know what i really want is this this other you know like i want a watermelon here and also too then you know it allows the game designer to create a situation where they haven't given you everything you need to solve the puzzle. They, you, you have to be able to bring in this outside tool to solve it. So you can walk into something and be like, I may not actually have everything that I need or I, but they're really good at telegraphing what tool you should have, you know? And, and speaking of that, I was just completely floored, honestly, by the density of this game, you know, because honestly, about halfway through playing i just i realized i'm like i have to just go from start to finish on each stage otherwise i'm not going to get anywhere because i took about three hours into the game and had just barely gotten through um world one you know because and to me the way i like it is that a lot of games especially a lot of platformers do things where you know they're like hey there's you know like maybe a secret area over here or a little offshoot this is more than that, in my opinion. This is almost closer to like platforming side quests, you know, <laughs> where basically I, I like that. <laughs> where basically they'll show you like a flower and then you'll see this bizarre series of things that you're like, you, you can kind of figure out, all right, well, I would need to do this. And first I need to get here. And, you know, it's it's absolutely workoutable and completely bypassable, too, you know, so you can very easily blow through a level in a minute and move on to the next thing or spend 20 minutes working through each side quest puzzle, you know, which I, I think is amazing because it just literally gives you the depth. Like if you just want to play through the game and beat it, you could probably do that in, I don't know, a few hours. Right. But it, there is still hours upon hours upon hours of gameplay in here, you know? And do you know what one of the most significant changes to this game compared to Super Mario World that they had to make to enable that sort of level design? Hmm. There's no timer. Mm, true, true that, yeah. yeah. So you can, it, like, there's 20 secret red coins in every level. And if mm-hmm. you look closely, there's actually a tiny little orange shadow on the regular coins so you can if you have sharp eyes actually tell that's a red coin that's not right Hmm. and since they're usually with other coins if you if you look closely you you can pick it out um and there's one other time that the coin has that animation probably because they had to reuse that animation it irritates me because those coins are not red coins but anyway um (laughs) (laughs) uh you can spend all the time you want trying to figure out how to ricochet an egg and make it get the flower or how to, you know, uh, dig all this ground away to find the little secret uh, question mark cloud or to, you know, look for all 20 red coins at every level because 
you're not on anyone else's time, which right. is a huge, huge departure from at this point in history, every other Mario game, right? Like you can just sit there and stare at the trees if you want, because you're <laughs> never going to run out of time, which is something like, this is kind of a visual thing, but I, I saved it until we started talking about mechanics to mention it is not only is there no timer, but you have no HUD. Yeah. I mean, all, the all only, of your information is on the pause screen. Right. All of your information is on the pause screen. The only thing that will pop up is when you lose baby Mario, his timer, like how long until he right. expires. Yes. And, um, and if you stand still for more than like two seconds, like it's a very short amount of time. But if you stand still, it will show you how many stars you have. So, you right. know, like before I go into this situation where I am likely to lose him, how many stars do I have? And I think if you have less than 10, it stays on screen until it gets back to 10 and then it goes yes. away. Um, I think that the uh, damage mechanic is, is really useful or good in this, in this area because previous Mario's were basically you, if you were, regular mario like small mario you got hit you died something touched your hitbox you're done and and then if you weren't if you were like big mario fire mario then you lost that ability and it actually meant that like if you were fire mario and you got hit by a koopa trooper shell you lost your ability to be fire mario which could be significantly damaging which means <laughs> The game designers had to be really careful with exactly how they designed the game because one hit could completely change the outcome, right? That's not true here. I mean, you know, you – first of all, I still think they did a great job with, like, every time I got hit, I felt like it was my fault, you know? Yes. Yeah, there, um, there's very few places in the game where you're like, come on! Yeah, like, that was garbage or what the heck, you know, like – but that being said, even with that, you know, I felt like I could play it a little bit faster and looser because, you know, you lose Mario and you've got 10 seconds to get him back. And then the, the timer does slowly crawl back up to 10. So basically, I knew that I was in trouble if not if I lost Mario, that was fine. It was if I lost Mario a lot quickly, mm -hmm. you know. And that's good because that means I am probably doing something wrong. If I lose Mario, I get him back. I lose Mario, I get him back. I lose – yeah, no, I'm, I'm not doing it right, you right. know? So, so yeah, I thought that that was um, very well done. And also, as you, something that you alluded to, the stars, right? So, you know, they do give you the ability to be like, hey, you know, because I, I didn't really – bust myself too hard to get stars because i wasn't really losing mario a whole lot but if you do have a tendency to lose mario well they're like well here's some extra stuff to help you kind of almost shift the game's mode to a little bit easier but it's not because you feel like you're doing it you know right. so well, and i noticed too that the handful of times you're around um like the tall yellow spikes that are weirdly tall or the blue like pointy spikes that you can actually smash with your eggs. Mm -hmm. Those are one hit kills. Like if you touch those, you don't drop Mario, you die. Right. And when you're around those obstacles, which are usually like in castles, you, th they feel way, way scarier because it's not like, Oh, if I touch that, I'm going to drop Mario and then I got to go get him back. And it's going to be an inconvenience. It's like, Oh, that is one of the few things in the world that can end my life. Yeah. Because even like if you drop Mario and something hits you, you do like a little spin and then you like flop down and it it 
takes another second or two before you can get up and go get Mario. So like the threat of getting hit is real because you either drop Mario or it delays you getting Mario back. But then when you are around something that actually like makes you lose a life where your little, you know, Yoshi X number counter goes down, <laughs> like they feel appropriately more scary. You're like, Oh crap. It spikes. Like can't go running through this area like a jackass because if I drop Mario, I can get him back. I actually need to be thoughtful here. Yeah, no, it was definitely very similar to uh, like, uh, you know, where if, if somebody said, you know, hey, this this will this will hurt you. And you're like, yeah, but it will also prevent you from regenerating, Logan. And you're like, whoa, wait. <laughs> you know, like this, you know, um, yeah, like uh, crushing deaths were the same thing, you know, when you right. died because something some big old heavy thing fell on you. And I, I knew that but I had kind of forgotten. So the first area where they had, you know, things that could crush you, I was like, yeah, jumping around. It's all good. It's all good. Oh God, I died. Right. <laughs> that's not a lose Mario. That's a, that's an insta kill, you know? And, uh, and so then I, I was just a lot more respectful of those areas. And I will say also for the game design, the first place where you're likely or were the first place where I died via crushing. And I, in my opinion, the first place where you're really likely to, there's, a little circle save area right before it. So, you know, they're like, hey, this is the first time we're really going to push this mechanic. You're, you you have a higher chance of eating it. So save right beforehand so you can immediately try it again, you know? Yeah, Nintendo's design, like game and level design is usually pretty top-notch, but they've their best work is in the Mario series. Like, oh, yeah. they, they usually have an incredibly high success rate of like mechanic teach you in a safe space, separate mechanic teach you in a safe space, combine multiple mechanics and now expect you to, you know, negotiate these platforms and this enemy at the same time, or these two enemies that move differently at the same time or whatever. And, and they've, I mean, man, like they're just experts at it. Like they're really, really good at it. And I think like, we've probably made this joke before. You've probably heard this joke before about like when Mario maker came out, you can almost imagine yeah. the level designers at Nintendo being like, oh, you think you're so smart? Like, here, you make a Mario game. And then there are people who are smart, but I think a lot of people played Mario Maker and they were like, Christ, this is so hard. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I almost fortunately never had to play Mario Maker because I never had to have that realization of, you know, <laughs> like just that, that we stand upon the shoulders of giants <laughs> and just how deep the rabbit hole goes. But... <laughs> Yeah, no, when you actually go back and break it down, most Mario games are a masterclass in game design, you know, and, and teaching through gameplay. Like, you never feel like you're in class. And actually, on that note, though, one of the things that is in this game that was also in Super Mario World, and I think, like, we see it crest around this time, maybe Mario 64, and then kind of fall back down, which is good, is those godforsaken help boxes <laughs> i hated those i hated this, those for this two does reasons. have a way higher occurrence of help boxes and and i feel like there are times where you are given a help box where having played this game so many times it's hard to remember what it was like the first time where like i would hit a help box and they're like did you know you can do whatever thing and i was like i've been doing that for two worlds like <laughs> where have you yeah. been help box like i <laughs> were people really expected to play up until now without knowing they could do that? Like, come on, this isn't very helpful. Yeah. And, 
and so so the, yeah exactly so and one of the things is that because mario is so good with its level design you know and they're just kind of like, hey don't forget you can do thing a you know it's like well yeah but you didn't need to tell me that your game was already teaching me that like for one of them was you know if you step on the whatever it is that turns mario into super mario it's like if you step nope, on that star yeah yeah he'll become oh yeah you're right sorry and it's like he'll become super mario and he can run along walls and it's like that's fine except for the fact that you put a big giant glowing star like right in the dead center of a screen on a platform i mean of course i'm going to go touch that you know and yeah, see what and, that's about and the part of the level that you have right after where i get the star could only be beaten in a world where i could run up walls Exactly. It can only be beaten in the world where I can run up walls. And there's no real bad guys around or anything to stop me from immediately running up this wall. It's an incredibly oh, safe space. Yeah. Also giant arrows. The wall is curved in a way that's very unusual and inviting compared to most of the perfectly vertical sheer surfaces. Like, yeah, they, it really does make you wonder if they put it through playtesting and there was like one guy in the playtesting was like, I didn't know what to do with this part. And, and there was like a nervous producer who was like oh, we got to put in boxes and <laughs> and all the game designers were like no that one guy is not representative of the general population yeah. well and and I, I to me i think that the mindset and and again why I, and i think that's why we kind of see them start to crest and then fall back out it's like well you know it's a help box if they don't need help they just won't hit the help box it's like no that's not true because i don't know what the help box is going to tell me it may <laughs> no it's worse than that so in one so if you hit a help box at all from any direction and with anything, it activates the help box. And I got and everything stuck. Everything comes to an ass grinding halt. Yes. Yeah. And I got stuck <laughs> in a Sisyphusian hell where <laughs> I got hit by something and dropped Mario. And in trying to recover him, a turtle shell was launched and bounced off the wall and hit the help box, which made it bounce back against the wall and then bounce back and hit the help box. And this happened like six times, which took like 24 minutes because everything stops when the help box is open, where I, I actually had to realize like the only way I can stop pushing this boulder up the hill is to eat the boulder. Yeah. So, so I had to stop, like I had to let Mario float off into obscurity and eat the turtle shell again so it would stop hitting the help box <laughs> and then go rescue Mario. Like it was, I'm, I'm sure the entire encounter only took like 45 seconds, but it felt like hours of like just this, this purgatory of like, oh my God, that thing is, because I mean, it bounces with, with perfect you know, it, it loses no no momentum off of yes, each ricochet. A, so I was like, it's going to keep doing this forever. It is a perfectly elastic collision. Yes, yes. it is. It, it conserves <laughs> all of its momentum and energy somehow. Magic. Yeah, um, yeah no, absolutely. And that, and that what you pretty much hit the nail on the head of um, the second reason why I hate those is because they are just so easy to activate. And my ex I had a similar experience, though mine was way much more my fault. Um, was, was like, so do you ever, you know, um, a good, a good example would be, you know, you put something in the microwave, right? You, you put it in the microwave for 15 minutes, you know, like way too long. And so you reach into the microwave because you want the food. And so you grab the bowl, the bowl's way too goddamn hot, right? <laughs> so you, you drop the bowl and the bowl lands and the food goes out. So you clean up the food and then your brain says, 
hey, you still want to eat that. So you just reach out and grab the bowl again. And then you burn yourself, which then spills some more food. So you clean up the food. And now enough time's passed again that you just instinctively reach out for the bowl again. <laughs> and at some point, you just have to like be like, no, stop it. So that that's what I did, which was like I was I forgot what it was, but there was something off screen in a direction where I think it, I knew there was a, a flower or something in that direction or a red coin. So through an egg. Oh, no, that's what it was is I was throwing trying to hit a, a, a flower and threw an egg and I missed. And so it like bounced like off the ground and then bounced off screen. But right on the edge of that screen, there must have been help box. It was like. <laughs> egg at the flower and it's like did you know and i'm like shut up okay flower missed again did you know no shit, stop it did you know God, no you know what i don't need the flower i'm no, i'm good we're fine we're fine we're fine and i just like moved on because i literally couldn't deal with activating that help ticket one <laughs> activate accidentally hitting refresh on my help ticket one more time you know well and eventually you would have been like a sad junkie sitting there swinging with no eggs because it still it still does like the throwing animation yeah and, and makes like a sad like you're out of eggs noise and you would have just been like <laughs> did you know <laughs> did you i didn't know? know i didn't know <laughs> um yeah so so those help boxes uh like i said i i think that because there have definitely been games where i, th I have thought that help boxes could be useful i think that there's always a better way to do it you know but there are definitely some games where i'm like well you know this is ham-handed but would have been helpful be because this other thing was lacking but it it's just kind of like somebody saying you know hey um here's you're going into a restaurant where it is a five-star restaurant all they do is just serve amazing food but first we're going to make you read the first 10 yelp reviews of it and it's like i don't need that this is clearly i can just look at this place and tell you that it's an amazing you know like that this is exactly what i'm going to be getting out of this experience and so in mario who wrote the book on level design and teaching through gameplay it's like almost like insulting that they felt the need to put hell boxes it's like you're better than this you you know that you are you know well and i i think i could go on about this thought i'm about to like tldr on you in a lot greater length, but we're rapidly coming up on the two hour mark. So I'm going to be uh, respectful of everybody's time, but sweet, um, sweet. so, you know, moving into hour four here now, it's uh, I, I think <laughs> that a lot of the help boxes, you could see that they are afraid that they have set too many precedents in earlier Mario games that their level design and that their mechanics might not be self-evident in a world where people know what Mario is. So for example, mm. one of the things I noticed while I was playing is my thumb kept like hovering toward Y. Like I really wanted to hold down that run button, man, but you mm. don't, you don't do that. Yoshi only runs. Right. Like, you know, whereas like when you're Super Mario and little baby Super Mario, you do actually have to hold down the run button because Mario can walk or run. Yoshi only runs because his buttons have to do the eating mechanic and the swallowing mechanic and the throwing mechanic and the spitting mechanic and all these other things. And having to make him then also decide between running and walking would be needlessly cumbersome. And if mm -hmm. you took... Super Mario World 2 colon Yoshi's Island and ha handed it to someone who'd never played before. This is 
so obviously not a TLDR, by the way. Uh, if you took this and handed it to someone who'd never played before, I think the mechanics and the way the universe functions would be largely self-evident because of the level design. But if you take that game knowing full well that you are introducing it to people who have probably played all the other Mario games, it's like, oh, but they're not going to know this thing is different. How will we make it obvious? Let's just literally spell it out for them. Yeah, okay, that sounds pretty safe. And it's like, ah, you guys, you didn't need to do that. Your levels are pretty great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, the, the, the big question, which I think we, in general, with most of these episodes, have already answered, did it hold up? Oh, so good. So good, man. And and I've I mean, I've replayed this many times as an adult. And so when we decided we were gonna play this one, I was like, well, now I don't need to like play a game because I like I'll just play this anyway. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I absolutely I'm in the same boat. I've I've picked this one up a couple of times since I was young, and it just it's just so delightful. It just absolutely holds up. The sound is delicious. The visuals are amazing. The gameplay is enjoyable. And I think it's, like we said, like it's a very relaxed experience. It's definitely a game where you can just pick this up, play it, and and be less stressed by the time you're done. You know, just like, it's just, yeah, it's just great. Yeah, it's they, great. they really spread the difficulty out across through uh, your platforming side quests where the levels do get harder, but I don't feel like they get harder with the same difficulty curve as like the original super Mario world or most other Mario games. It's that the levels get harder on like a linear track and the ability to get all of the side quest crap gets harder on like an exponential track. So agree, by, yes. by the time you reach the end of the game, you're like, yeah, I'm better than I was at the start because I learned how to do these things and I can navigate these more difficult obstacles through trial and error and experimentation. But to be good enough to like 100% every level is orders of magnitude more difficult than just beating the game. Most of the bosses are like fairly trivial. Most, right. of, the, most of the levels are, are fairly consistent in their difficulty curve, but... But if you want to get all 20 red coins in like world six compared to world one, you got to go out of your way. You got to backtrack. You got to find secret things. Whereas in world one, you'll just like trip over them. Yeah. You'll just kind of trip, fall and possibly hundred or at least over 90, 90%. It. Yeah. No, the game, the game's amazing. It holds up very well. Um, the only, the only game I could think of that I would like just plug in and play more regularly than this one is another one that has a green themed protagonist. G.I. Joe is a great game. Oh, man, I thought for sure you were going to say Yoshi's Cookie. We should play Yoshi's Cookie because that has a green protagonist, and I know you love green protagonists. I, I do. That I do. The curtain falls. The music plays. The credits roll. Then it all fades to black. And you're left by yourself. The fanfare is gone. There's no player two there by your side to share victories won. But as you slowly progress down the hall to your bed, a few great events leak back into your head. From the time that you spent traversing the land, Battling evil, fighting the darkness, just sword in hand. Your memories creep in with the edge of a smile. 